Welcome to this time of prayer and reflection for Christmas. We start with a reading from the book of Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this.
Psalm 96 Sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord and bless his name, tell out his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all peoples, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, he is more to be feared than all gods, for all the gods of the nations are but idols, it is the Lord who made the heavens. Honour and majesty are before him, power and splendour are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord honour and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the honour due to his name. Bring offerings and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, let the whole earth tremble before him. Tell it out among the nations that the Lord is king. He has made the world so firm that it cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea thunder and all that is in it. Let the fields be joyful and all that is in them. Let all the trees of the wood shout for joy before the Lord. For he comes, he comes to judge the earth. With righteousness he will judge the world and the peoples with his truth. Amen. And now a reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them. In the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favours. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Christmas, God Unmasked, a talk for Christmas 2020. Of all the things we've had to adjust to this year, for many, the one which is still the most troubling is the face mask. It's the practicalities of putting it on, especially when you're wearing glasses and a hearing aid and a hat as well. It's forgetting it and having to go back for it or forking out for a replacement one. It's the blooming nuisance of your glasses steaming up all the time. And there's the effect it has on the way we see each other. This is where we realise that I'm talking in an English country parish, for there are many other parts of our diocese where the wearing of masks or veils is a commonplace. But for us, it's new and unsettling. For we're having to unlearn the idea that people who hide their faces are in some ways sinister, people we project our fears onto. We're now learning how to read people's body language in different ways. That veiled woman hobbling towards you on the high street, she's no terrorist in disguise. That's Granny going down to collect her prescription. That hooded man, he's no hooligan. It's Bert from two doors down, armed with his craven herald and pack of worthers. Now ourselves, masked men and veiled women, we're learning, like our Asian and Middle Eastern neighbours, how to use our eyes to express ourselves, how to read people by the movements of their head, neck and hands. In her book called Veil, which explores the meanings of that item of facial covering, Rafia Zakaria describes how, as a Muslim woman, she stands in relation to a particular physical object. Well, now we all stand in relation to our face masks. Are we still us when we're wearing them? This is a big question, for in our particular culture, up until COVID-19 struck, we thought that people who wore masks were hiding something that we couldn't fully tell who they were with their faces concealed. Their face coverings formed a barrier of communication and understanding between us. They only became fully present and knowable to us when unmasked. Today, I want to suggest to you that the story of Christmas, the way the Gospels tell it, is the story of God unmasked. The birth of Jesus was an act of revelation by a God whose face until that point had been hidden in a burning bush, in a cloud of fire, behind a curtain at the heart of the temple. This is the God who had once told Moses on the mountaintop, I will not let you see my face, for no one shall see my face and live. Clothed in mystery beforehand, suddenly through the screams of his mother birthing him, here was God in Jesus absolutely naked before humankind. When God is masked to us, when we think he's hiding his face, we project our fears onto him. He is a sinister judge who we fear in anticipation of his violent acts of retribution. And worst of all, perhaps, if we think God is masked, then he is distant from us, unknowable, unloving and unlovable. But that night in Bethlehem, God became unmasked, naked and immediate, knowable and lovable, just as every baby is. And the world began to learn to not think of God as one who hides his face from us, but as one with whom we can commune 
just as we commune with each other. Fully divine still, yes, but fully human too, exercising his lungs and rolling his eyes just as every newborn does. Because Jesus has been born into the world, there is no longer any reason for anyone to think of God as a violent ogre, a sinister and brutal judge. For now we can plainly see what God is like by watching Jesus as he grows into a young man devoted to the scriptures, a teacher of reanimating truths which break through the Christmas, break through like Christmas lights into the world's weary darkness, a wonderful counsellor, a prince of peace. After the year we've had, we might justifiably say that it feels like God has been hiding his face from us again, failing to engage the cries of our hearts for healing and wholeness and an end to suffering and isolation. But the unmasking of God in Jesus invites us to see it this way, that God isn't hiding, but is here alongside us, sharing our humanness as vulnerable as any baby. Our masked God, the one we create in our fearful imaginings, is a God we expect to take the world by force and rule the world in power. But that's our projection onto him, who we expect to be like every other human ruler. Instead, our God unmasked in Jesus is here alongside us in our suffering and isolation. Born of displaced parents in transit in a restless political world, his very existence threatened from birth by malignant forces, the Herods of the earth, I mean. His instinct is to transform, transform our world in love. His kingdom comes gently through small acts of kindness, through the fellowship of friends, through the unveiling of those we mistakenly thought were enemies to be feared, but who can instead become our partners in shaping a new and better world. He is not any distance away at all, but alongside us, and always available in any prayerful moment. So take comfort next time you find yourself mumbling into a piece of cloth you'd rather you were not wearing. There is light and joy in this good news that Christmas is God unmasked. Let us pray. Christ born for us, Son of God given for us, help us to know you, to worship and to serve you. Wonderful Counselor, you order all things with your wisdom. Help the Church to reveal the mystery of your love and fill her with the Spirit of Truth. Mighty God, the government is on your shoulders. Guide the leaders of the nations and bring in your kingdom of justice and righteousness. Everlasting Father, you call us to live together in unity. Protect by your mercy all your children. Bless our families and renew our communities. Prince of Peace, you bring reconciliation through the cross. By your healing power, give to all who suffer your gift of wholeness and peace. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Father, full of the Spirit, hear our prayer, receive our praises, fill our lives. Amen.
in our prayers today. We particularly pray for all mission agencies and their ministry throughout the world, the Anglican Communion, including the Mother's Union and their work around the world. For everyone who seeks to share the good news of the coming of Christ into this world today. We pray for David and Liz Honour, newly married at Keyston, and for those in ill health, including Jane Lodge, Peter Reed, and George Greenbank, others who are on our hearts today. As at Christmas time, we hold in our memories those who we love but who have gone before us. And as we remember them, we also think of those who have recently died, Gordon James and Doris Child and their families. We pray for each family represented in our thoughts and prayers, for those who we may have normally spent Christmas with, but who are distant from this time. Pray for each other, that in this dislocated time and place, we might still know the close presence of God, who came to us as a human one, to be alongside us at time, for times just like these. Eternal God, in the stillness of this night, you sent your almighty word to pierce the world's darkness with the light of salvation. Give to the earth the peace that we long for and fill our hearts with the joy of heaven through our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. We now listen to our closing hymn, which, of course, has to be the great favourite for Christmas night, O come all ye faithful.
and our blessing. May the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the perseverance of the wise men, the obedience of Joseph and Mary, and the peace of the Christ child be yours this Christmas, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with us all, everyone in this divinely loved world at this time and always. Amen.